Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Wesson Walker at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Have a few text messages coming in about the top 10 Panthers picks of all time. A couple people accused me of being scared of Smitty. (laughs) Multiple text messages wrote that in. Bagel guy wrote in, Walker is just scared of Smitty. Love Smitty, but he's not over peppers. Blindside Chris said Walker is a scrub on this one. He's scared of Smitty. So a couple people accused me being afraid of one Steve Smith. Big Cat Dan said Wes won. So you are the favorite here, Wes, with your draft picks about having Julius Peppers up there. I I don't know how you skip over a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I I did. The reason I did that. (laughs) Julius Peppers. And by the way, Cam Newton, Julius Peppers, both my favorite athletes in Panthers And not to mention, Cam's not going to the Hall of Fame. I don't think you write him off that easily. I bet him. I bet anything on that. What? Cam Newton's not going to the Hall of Fame. I, I don't. If I had to bet, I don't think he would either. Ever. But, I'm not saying that as a knock to him, but I'm I just saying. No, I don't. I don't think he would either. I. I think it's. I'm not that sure as Wes is because if you look at his rushing numbers, they're absolutely ridiculous at the quarterback position, and even just rushing touchdown numbers compared to everybody that ever rushed the football in the NFL. Cam Newton in the red zone has been as effective as a lot of other dudes that have come through this league. But I still think that people are not going to put him in the Hall of Fame just based off of perception. I wouldn't mind it at all. With the Julius Peppers thing, the reason I put him at number three instead of number two or number one, it's because he did so much of his work as well in the 2010. Hell, every single season outside of 2017 and 2018, he did with Chicago or Green Bay, right? So he had an all-pro season with Chicago, three Pro Bowl appearances, had the one Pro Bowl appearance in 2015 with Green Bay. I think there was just a lot more work done with another franchise where... Whoa, he had had 97 sacks with the Panthers. I know, but if you divide all of his sacks is what I'm saying. No, yeah, he's... Yeah, 159 and 97 of them came with the Panthers. No, I know. But and 107 you, tackles for loss. I know the stats. I got them. I, I know the stats. I'm saying with 2010, Chicago, 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 Green Bay, Green Bay, Green Bay, Carolina the last couple of seasons where he put a nice cherry on top of his career. Like I, If we're going best players ever, Julius Peppers is number one. I do think Julius Peppers is number one based off longevity, but I'm just talking about with Carolina. I mean, you look at Steve Smith, too. The numbers he put up are pretty crazy as well. To have a 1,000-yard season, one, two, three, four straight years, but we're also talking about QB problems, especially at the end of Jake DeLome's career, and then Cam Newton comes aboard, bam, 1,300, almost 1,400 yards, 1,100 yards, and then he's only got three years outside of Carolina. By that time, he's 35 going to Baltimore. I'm just telling you that's my reasoning, and then Cam Newton... I think Cam Newton being as important as he was, right? I didn't have his peak like with Julius Peppers, didn't have a peak like Steve Smith, didn't have a peak like Luke Keekley. But for that one year, I guess. He's statistically the greatest dual threat quarterback in the history of the league, though. So you're putting him number one, no question? Is I, what you're saying? No, but I mean, like the fact that you don't think he's a Hall of Famer, like he's definitely not a first ballot. If that guy doesn't make his way into the Hall of Fame, Burn it down. He was only all pro one time. 
Look at how many guys, though, like without Cam Newton, does Lamar Jackson get a chance in the NFL? Nah, he ain't that kind of paid. Does, he, he didn't pay it away like that. You know, does does Josh Allen have a, have, a, have a pathway to the NFL? Like guys that were mobile, big arms. I mean, look at look at his rookie year, one of the best rookie years we've ever seen from an NFL quarterback. And that 15-1 year, I mean, you look at that supporting cast to have 45 total touchdowns and engineer the number one offense in the league. No, I've got him too. <laughs> right? But I mean, like, no, my problem isn't where you drafted him. My problem is y'all said he's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, Cam Newton's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I, I don't, I don't think that they're going to vote him in. Honestly, like I think West is probably right in the grand scheme of things on whether he gets in. I would vote him in. But are you so sure that the voters feel that strongly to vote him in? I don't think so. I, just based off of perception we get from the writers who have authority over this thing of who gets into the great club that is the Hall of Fame, I don't think that Cam Newton is going to receive enough votes to do that. We all agree that Steve Smith statistically put together a crazy wide receiver campaign throughout his career. He should already be in Guy can't get in. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but he's not. That's, that's the whole point is what I'm saying. Steve Smith's not in yet, and Cam Newton – Despite me, you thinking he should be in, I'm trying to view this as if he gets in, not whether I should, whether he should. I just don't think Cam Newton is going to get in. I just wonder, like, when you look at the superstar that Cam Newton was, he was the first superstar this city had. I do think that will that will transcend a little bit and make it easier for those writers that might be on on the cuff. I mean, this guy took the NFL by storm. He was awesome. Go ahead, stink face, Wes. We need to have a stink well, face. He was not it. our first superstar. Larry Johnson was our first. Yeah, superstar. Cam Newton was a ten times bigger no, superstar he wasn't. than Larry no, Johnson. No, he wasn't. Larry Johnson had a whole uh, shoe campaign for decades upon decades. His shoes were among the highest selling in the NBA. And he left. He made the All Star game. It doesn't matter. He was still a bigger star, and he was still the first superstar this city had as far as on a national scale. Someone that people knew. The Grandma My campaign went on what five, six seasons, and his shoes were one of the best sellers. But for one, Cam only made all pro one time. He was never really even considered top 10 at his position outside of the MVP. Like, I do love Cam for what he brought and the star power that he had, et cetera. But when you break it down to the nuts and bolts of playing the position, Cam was never considered uh, one of the greats of his era. And I think that's I mean, why he doesn't get in the Hall of Fame. You I, can't get in I mean, off of one all-pro season. I mean, I think it's polarizing, though. Like, you're you're very sure that he wasn't considered yeah, you can't that. get I in off of one all-pro season. It wasn't what I'm saying look is... Look at the quarterbacks were in the league, though. Okay, but still, if you if you that guy, if you're a Hall of Famer, you should be among those guys and spoken among those guys, and Cam never really was. Well, uh, what I'm saying, too, is like, with Cam Newton, you're, you're very sure of him not being a top 10 QB except for the one season. I think he was. I think Cam Newton when? was a top 10 QB. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, look like, at these. You tell me a dominant passing season that he had in here outside of hey. the MVP year. Okay, but this is what we can't do. We can't have it both ways when we talk about the prowess of Lamar Jackson, who does not have a dominant passing season, because Cam Newton's touchdown rushing, the ability that he brings there, is absolutely ridiculous. Like, this guy accounted for so many touchdowns, especially when it comes to rushing. But you and I, who both agree wholeheartedly on Lamar Jackson needing to go ahead and get paid by Baltimore, we don't think Lamar Jackson is a dominant passer. I think he's underrated, but also has never had a dominant passing career. Lamar Jackson has had a season where he went 36-9 and nine the MVP year. He followed that up, 26 touchdowns to nine picks. And then last year before he got hurt, he was 17 touchdowns to seven picks. I mean, well, the, the last one's a weird one to bring in, but the but we're nobody. But he thinks, was off to having a fantastic season, but even if you want to leave that out, he's had two uh, excellent seasons. When you talk about touchdown to interception ratio and 
completion percentage. When okay. you go look at cams, the completion percentages aren't there, nor are the touchdown to interception ratios. Uh, fair, but also we can bring in other, like, I think you're cherry picking a little bit with the stats. How? Because you're talking about only touchdown to interception ratio, but also if we're just talking about total yardage, I mean, Lamar Jackson has two years back to back where he didn't even throw for 3,000. Like, that's so little. And this is me not defending people that are against Lamar. But if we're talking about throwing season, goodness gracious, the guy has one year where he threw for over 3,100 yards. Cam Newton, even in his worst year, threw for 3,100 yards with Carolina. And that's the most Lamar threw for. So I think that's the ability to cherry pick stats. Like for me, if we want to look at the rushing prowess that both of these guys bring, clearly both of them bring it. Cam Newton's rushing touchdown totals are absolutely ridiculous. As good of a red zone weapon we've seen in the NFL when we were watching what he did when he was drafted in 2011 and beyond. So, like, I just, I'm not poo-pooing it. That's what I'm saying. Let's come back to it in the second segment, too, because I do want to get to this breaking news. Bryce Young has canceled future visits with other NFL franchises. The reason this is noteworthy is because he's already had his top 30 visit with Carolina, and after that visit, he shut it down. Kind of interesting, right? Because here's C.J. Stroud, where he is picking up more team visits. Bryce Young is deciding to shut it down. What do you make of this breaking news coming in on the Alabama QB? Uh, I mean, I think he pretty much knows that he's going to go inside of the top two or three. So he's like, why would I even bother going anywhere else? I mean, that's what I take from it. You, so does this mean anything to you as far as him being the for sure number one pick? Like we've uh, had the Anthony Richardson, nah, Bryce Young for sure, talk. Because I don't think he gets past two. I mean, I think if the Panthers didn't take him at one, I think the Texans will at two. So I think he knows I'm going in the top three. Why am I wasting my time? Yeah. Yeah. It's I just wonder for me, I do think that it, it points to more of a direction that Bryce Young will be this top guy where he's, you know, he's already very sure that he is going to be it now. It, it is funny, too. Like, I wonder if, if this all points to more so of Anthony Richardson being that second QB that you're considering, you know, because CJ Stroud is picking up more, right? Maybe more than you even expected. And then those were the two at the front of this entire process. Man, it's just I, I hate to see it for Stroud, man, because I do believe in the guy. I do want him to be a successful QB, but there's just so much stock put into this S2 testing and the inability to throw with pressure in your face. I think Mm -hmm. that's killed him as this whole draft process has come on. And so for me, I I just, I I don't think he's going to be the second overall pick Wes. Like I think Stroud even falls beyond the top two where maybe the Houston Texans decide to take a Will Anderson, but maybe even an Anthony Richardson, uh, who knows about Will Levis? Maybe he could be a surprise, but yeah, I think it's a very real possibility. Stroud even falls outside the top two. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a possibility for Stroud as well. Uh, I don't think he falls maybe past maybe four or five. Who knows? But I think a lot of these quarterbacks, the top guys, they know that this is going to be the most quarterback-heavy top five or six picks we've seen in quite some time, and I don't think a lot of these guys slide. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, especially because we have so many QBs or we have so many teams that would make sense to trade up. Seattle has been listed as a team that could possibly take a QB getting ready for when they have to have some kind of passer outside of Geno Smith. You've mentioned Tennessee. I think it's very possible that Tennessee could trade up and get into this top whatever to select a QB and even Detroit. I don't think that'd be crazy, right? Like, I think Detroit drafting a QB to get ready post Jared Goff, that would make some sense to try to just get out in front of the developing QB process. And you talk about a good atmosphere 
an offensive line that the Lions sport right now, the ability to yeah. select the weapons that they did, having Ben Johnson at least now, right, and and having a Dan Campbell who looks to be a good head coach. Five QBs taken in the first round is what we're looking at, and I think four in the top ten. I think four. Do you think Hendon Hooker could sneak in the top ten? Yeah. Do you think he will? If I had to be decisive today, yes. I will say yes. I don't think he will, but I think it's going to be really close. I can see the Seahawks taking him. All right. Let's uh, move on to the next segment here. Some more QB buzz. Lamar Jackson, we talked about him just a little bit ago. What is he getting offered by the Baltimore Ravens, according to Ian Rappaport? And Jalen Hurts got paid. Big time money. How does that affect the QB market? We'll get to that in just a moment. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. That's when those beats make me go, it was a great timing, too. The fact that it dropped after that, that was fantastic. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. Hit us up on that text line. We love hearing your thoughts, 704-570-9610. Hit us up on our socials, Wesson Walker Twitter, WFNZ Twitter, and the WFNZ Instagram, and our, as well as our personal socials, and get to know us a little bit better. But uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans, big news today, Jalen Hurts gets his bag, and it is a massive bag. You talk about backing Straight cash, homie. the Brinks truck up. Whichever one you want to go with, they did it. Five years, $255 million. 179 guaranteed. I mean, the numbers on it are just crazy when you talk about the money due at signing and how much he will see in the first two seasons. So he gets uh, 126.5 million fully guaranteed by March of 2024 to be exact. 110 million fully guaranteed at signing. We know how this song and dance goes. It's a big deal. It's the richest in NFL history until the next guy signs and then the next guy signs. And then we'll be sitting here three years from now and he'll be like the fifth or sixth highest paid quarterback. But he's not today. So the question is, Walker, did the Eagles have to do this? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Can you imagine letting Jalen Hurts fresh off of an awesome performance? I know you like that word. I said that for you, Fitty. 
an awesome performance in the Super Bowl, even with the loss. The only mistake that he made was fumbling that football, but everything else was fantastic. That guy was throwing darts in a scheme where Steve Spagnuolo was betting on Jalen Hurts to beat them, right? And he was still making some of those throws. It was just Pat Mahomes on the other side. No one's going to argue who is the better QB between those two guys. It's clearly Pat Mahomes. But it doesn't mean you don't pay Jalen Hurts. The fact that this is someone not only who on the football field proved a ton this past season, but also this is someone that has had a journey you want everybody to, I mean, if you are in that position, aspire to be. You know, battle through a QB like Tua coming into Alabama, and then you got benched mm-hmm. in a national championship game. Then you go to Oklahoma, and you put up some numbers, but you don't win a championship like you possibly could have at Alabama, despite sitting on the bench. And then you get drafted in the second round because there are still some worries about your throws. But then here you are putting together a fantastic season, getting to the postseason, balling out in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they had to pay him, and that's why he got 180 mil guaranteed. Yeah, I think that it was warranted as well when you've got a really good young QB on the precipice of greatness. I think you uh, need to go ahead and lock him down. And we've learned uh, through many contracts over the years that it's better to get it done early than late. I mean, you don't want to sit down Jalen Hurts and wait until the end and then two or three more quarterbacks go ahead of him. And then now you have to pay him even more. Uh, we saw the Cowboys go through this with Dak, and you were going to say, "Oh no, just yeah, it's a big deal to get it done early." You're right to bring that up. Just think about the headache that surrounded Dallas for so long, and also think about the headache that is currently going on with the Baltimore Ravens organization. Mm-hmm. As you still have now, the reports are that the Baltimore Ravens extended an offer to Lamar Jackson that included $200 million guaranteed. That would be the second most amount of guaranteed money. Deshaun Watson still has the richest contract in that regard at 230 mil guaranteed. Hertz has the highest annual average at over 50 per season, but it's still Deshaun Watson. Kyler Murray actually second with most guaranteed money at 190. So if Lamar did agree to it, At the end of the offseason or at whatever point, Lamar would go up to second still behind Deshaun. But Jalen Hurts, the fact that you get this done early, the fact that you actually understand it's a ton of money, there's no way to slice it any differently. But you get out in front of this at at the very beginning rather than have this become a problem. And now you're sad. You ain't got to worry about it anymore. That's got to be a relief for the Eagles organization. And so even with you not having the rookie scale contract to allocate towards all the pass rushers to the two wide receivers that you have with Devontae Smith, who's going to be set to make a lot of money as well on top of A.J. Brown, the money he's already making, it doesn't matter, man. You got the QB. And I believe in Jalen Hurts. I bet Philadelphia does too, especially this is not the type of guy that's going to mail it in after he gets paid. Yeah, this was this was a good business for Philadelphia to just go ahead and get this thing done. And shout out to Nicole Lynn, his uh, agent, a uh, beautiful woman she is, and she gets okay. this deal done for him. And then you talk about the fact that $179 uh, million, as you said, the, the guarantees on it. And so that kind of lessens the amount. That's how they kind of sneak you with this. They give you the 255. That's what I like to call uh, the TV number. And then 126.5 of this is guaranteed by March of 2024. So they're taking care of a lot of money in this contract in the beginning. So it doesn't hurt them so much in the end. And that's the thing a lot of fans have to pay attention to. A lot of people get caught up in the years and the number and they think oh that's what he's making no it doesn't work like that these teams are savvy that's why a lot of people say the salary cap uh, is a myth so to speak because these teams know how to finesse these deals and to make it to where it helps them out down the road except for the Cleveland Browns 
who continuously do stupid <laughs> things uh, like give people fully guaranteed contracts that are out of this world. I haven't seen any reporting or details on this. I do wonder just how much of this was Jalen Hurts also trying to finagle the system to the point where they can have as much talent around him as possible because that is what happened with Pat Mahomes and he's not one of the top three paid QBs anymore, but he was a, the way that they structured that contract that allowed them to pay Chris Jones. And how big was that for them this season? I mean, yeah. Chris Jones, the most dominant interior defensive lineman in the NFL this past season, defensive player of the year, if I'm not mistaken, close to it, if not. So the fact that Chris Jones, Oh no, that was, uh, that was Nick your boy. Boston. Yeah, there you go. Of course. Yeah. Don't you correct me real quickly on that. <laughs> Chris Jones was deserving of it though. If you would have given it him too. Yes. Nick Bose, I don't want to have that debate, <laughs> but I do want to talk about, Pat Mahomes restructuring it that way. I wonder if there's something like that here where Jalen Hurts oh, like, no okay, doubt. yeah. All right, now, now you can allocate money towards people that help us win a Super Bowl. And Hurts strikes me as that kind of guy where he's going to want to get, uh, you know, the best possible team around him. And the Eagles have a lot of guys that make a lot yes. of money that are big name players. So, you know, but also of note, First no-trade clause in oh, Eagles yeah. history about on that. this contract. So the Eagles have a great deal, which, I mean, not many quarterbacks get traded anyway, especially guys this young that are playing this well. Uh, but I think he's a guy, the maturity has always been there. I don't think you ever have to worry about the pressure uh, getting to him because obviously with this type of money coming off a Super Bowl performance, I'm sure the Eagle fans uh, are thirsty for a championship uh, inside of the next couple of years, but we know that that won't happen, especially yeah. next year when they have to come to the Bay uh, and we get this get back on them, and well, if and, they make it. <laughs> well, and, and if San Francisco <laughs> makes it, right? Yeah, we'll be there. Oh, okay, I just didn't know for sure. If you talk about, too, just the way that you pay these QBs, just because it's clearly the right decision, it doesn't mean that it doesn't come with its risk, though. Like, mm-hmm. that still is a lot of money to throw to somebody that, for all intents and purposes, has only had one good season so far. I'm banking on him being an awesome QB going towards the future. I don't think you needed to see anything else. I think we saw him play an awesome Super Bowl. We had a great regular season. He had awesome rushing numbers. He also showed you that he can beat you with his arm when need be. So Jalen Hurts to me has earned every single penny of this. And we talked about his character. This is not someone that is going to lay down ever since he got guaranteed 180 million total. This is not somebody that you see performs in the contract year and then nothing else. That's not going to be Jalen Hurts. But it is scary because you are talking about someone that even with that frame, he does run a lot. Got a great offensive line, but he does run a lot. So perhaps there's a little bit of an injury risk here. And we have one good year of him throwing the football. So it's not crazy to think that he comes back down just a little bit next season. And if that happens and then you regret, quote unquote, paying him, this is just all hypothetical. Now you can't trade him because he's in a he's got a no trade clause. So still, it comes with his risk. At the same time, you make this decision 10 times out of 10. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like we said, you take care of it early now because there are more people in line that are going to get paid. We still have Justin Herbert's contract to get through. We still have Lamar Jackson that's going to get his deal. So this is going to be uh, the richest contract in NFL history uh, for, I mean, who knows how long. I believe Justin Herbert is the next big domino to fall besides Lamar. And then you talk about Joe Burrow coming right. as well. So this could potentially be the fourth richest contract, fifth richest, richest contract uh, of the NFL goes, quarterbacks yeah. when it's all said and done inside of the next year or two. Which is why I also really like that the Panthers trade up to number one overall. They already have a <laughs> lot of cap space. 
and they're going to get a rookie scale contract. And yeah. if you hit on this number one overall pick, that is going to give you a big old benefit. So now what you do is you start to allocate that money to all the resources that help you win right now. And as I've talked about quite a bit, I do think Carolina has done a really nice job of threading the needle on winning now and setting yourselves up well for the future, especially with the way that they've set up the cap. Again, it seems like they had a crazy busy offseason. It's true. They did. But they still have a decent amount of cap space to work with to make a couple of other big moves. And so now it does seem like they're going to pay Brian Burns. If you wouldn't, that'd be crazy to turn down the deals that you did midseason. So they're bringing Brian Burns back. Derek Brown, I expect to make a big contract, assuming that he doesn't have a big old fall off coming into next season. So now you have defensive stalwarts. And I think offensively, you can wait a little while before you pay Icky. Taylor Moten, that'll be interesting to see what you do contractually for him as his deal starts to come off of the books within a couple of years time. But you do understand the importance. It seems like this front office has sent a message to its fans that, hey, we get the importance of developing and signing a bunch of good players to play up front and protect our QB. And so now that they've done that, we'll see if that uh, we'll see how much of the benefit of the doubt they've earned from fans. minds. Well, Jalen Hurts may spend some of that money tonight going to the Philadelphia Sixers is playoff game okay. against the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, they open up their playoff run tonight. A lot of people think the Sixers are a team that could be in the hunt uh, for the Eastern Conference crown, especially now with Giannis going down with injury. So that perfectly segues us into uh, our NBA playoff discussion as that got going over the weekend. And just when you think you're going to get some sleep, uh, Warriors and Kings game two tonight going to be electric. This is a ginormous game. Can the Dubs bounce back tonight and avoid going down 2-0, man, because the Kings looked ready to go this weekend. So I'll just quickly hit on a couple uh, of the games for this weekend. And excuse me, they did not start their playoff track uh, trick. The six is already up 1-0, so excuse me on that mistake. They got the dub uh, in game one, so they're up 1-0. I fully expect them to go up 2-0. Celtics destroyed the Hawks. Uh, Knicks and Cavaliers played a thriller, so I'm so sure Fitty was hanging on to every bucket there, but they hit big shots down the stretch. Looked like the Knicks were going to blow it, and then the Kings uh, got the dub over the Dubs in a great game, 126-123. Then Lakers, Heat, Clippers, and Nuggets all win. Some of those uh, big upsets, especially when you talk about the Clippers over the Sun. So what were some of your uh, takeaways from this weekend? Um, that the Kings got over on game one of the Warriors where everybody's favoring the lower seed. And the fact that De'Aaron Fox was here and showed up, the guy that was the best clutch scorer in the regular season, De'Aaron Fox came up big down the stretch in this game. And how about former Hornet? Somebody that I myself hated to see go. And that was a big old Hornets talking point on Twitter over the weekend, too. I have always had a little bit of a different opinion on letting Malik Monk go. But Malik Monk scored 30 points. I'm glad to see him be successful coming off of the bench, scoring 32 in 29 minutes, 8 of 13 from the field. How about hitting 14 out of his 14 free throws? Like, it, it's just, it's awesome to see. Because Malik Monk is somebody that's grown up quite a bit since it didn't work out here in Charlotte, clearly. Goes to the Lakers organization, plays very well, being very efficient, playing with a team that 
with 28 minutes a game, by the way, does play very well for the Lakers. And now here he is serving a big purpose off the bench for the Kings. So Sacramento Golden State, that was the series I was most excited to see coming into the weekend. And it delivered in game one with a 35 point performance in the fourth quarter from Sacktown and watching De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk really play well. Is De'Aaron Fox Texas's finest the guy most poised to be to become a superstar in these playoffs, you think? De'Aaron Fox maybe jumping up a different level. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Just like, yeah, I could see that 100%. Becoming a household name. Yeah, I could see that. De'Aaron Fox, everything is set up for him to do that. Kind of a polarizing start to the career, too, for, for Fox, because it was almost... I guess I compare it to Zach Levine just a little bit, and maybe I'm only doing that because of what we talked about last week and mm-hmm. a possible, hey, would you consider Zach Levine coming over in a possible trade? Just some people are with him. Not a great defender, you know, not the greatest shooter in the world, but also De'Aaron Fox is someone that offensively can really help you and has taken a big step. Whereas Zach Levine, right, also not a good defender, shoots the three better than what De'Aaron Fox did. But just you had a polarizing type of athlete. And I think now watching him perform in the postseason, being a winning player here, you were in the regular season, you were in game one. Yeah, I think that's probably a good observation. I do think De'Aaron Fox could be a guy that could really make a name for himself. Uh, Kings go up 2-0 tonight, you think? I think Golden State ties it. I think Golden State wins one in Sacramento, and we're going to get an awesome series. 1-1, huge potential for this to go seven games. I think that the Kings do win tonight, and I think the crowd and the the atmosphere, and I just think that the Kings are going to come out ready again, man. I think that uh, they play really well. And so uh, we talked about during the break Curry and shooting late in games. I mean, what what do you think? Do you think that's a – a big chink in his armor, the fact that, like I said, fantastic player, especially when he got that fourth title last season, really, really solidified him as if he wasn't already. But just the fact of in late game scenarios, man, Steph can't seem to knock down those big shots to tie or win the game when the money's on the table. I saw Nick Wright put out that stat of field goal attempts, field goal percentage of game tying or game leading field goals within the last minute of these contests. And Steph Curry's percentage isn't very good, but it doesn't do anything to me lowering him. I mean, I'm not after all the championships he's won after finally getting that NBA finals MVP, which a lot of people thought should have gone to him even, you know, with Iguodala winning it. I think people just were excited about the way that he played defense on LeBron and worthy. So, but Steph Curry taking care of everything else he's taking care of, I don't need to see him have this great field goal percentage at the end of games. I, what else? The rest of the armor, if we're talking about a chink in his armor, right? Like the rest of it is pretty solid. <laughs> it's a pretty bulletproof type of vest that he's wearing as far as his legacy goes. All right. And so then uh, quickly before we get to the last 50 flash of the day, bigger surprise Lakers beating the Grizzlies or the Clippers beating the Suns. And are the Grizzlies done and are the Suns in trouble? Are the Grizzlies done? No, they're not done. I think that's going to be an awesome series. Are the Suns in trouble? No, I think Phoenix will bounce back and they'll be just fine moving on to go to the next round. Yeah, I think so too. I think the Suns, you know, I think it's much ado about nothing. I think they lost to the Clippers. Okay, whoop-de-doo, but I think they probably come back and win in six, maybe five. Uh, Lakers-Grizzlies, I do think the Grizzlies are done. I think that John Morant has gotten hurt again. 
Uh, he's always hurt, and so I think that the Lakers right now with those vets, the way they came in there and played, uh, your boy Austin Reeves, he could you could almost be a doppelganger for uh, Austin Reeves. Okay, look, man, dude's balling. I'm him. I'm okay. him. I no, think you're Fitty's, not. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> him. Oh, you heard Wes. I'm a doppelganger. Right. That means I'm him, too. I at least look a lot like him. Yeah, I think Fitty's a little jealous, though, because uh, his father, big country Bryant Reeves, has a son that's uh, actually balling, even though he's a little oh, country. Oh, yeah. So I think that he's a little jealous of the attention he's getting. I'm the country. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get that uh, last fifty flash of the day from the country. Um, I want Nick Wright to post LeBron's statistic in those clutch moments. He did. That was his whole reason yeah, for it. Yeah, LeBron's awesome. clutch numbers for you. You actually you, don't yeah. kind of want well, that smoke because it's many, really bad. It's, how many it, times does he pass up those shots for Danny Green uh, and those guys? Fitty, Fitty, Fitty. I don't think you want to walk into this one. Yeah, I don't think you want to walk. Posted it. Yeah, it's to it's to put up LeBron's numbers because he's got the most game time a game. Winning yeah. shots in playoff history. Right. So, I'll just yeah, say man. This. Steph is, Steph's legacy is greater than LeBron's. Okay, there you go. Love um, it. <laughs> college basketball for you. I'm, Miami's Isaiah Wong has officially entered the NBA draft, joining uh, teammate Jordan Miller as uh, players on that Hurricanes team that went to the Final Four a year ago will now go pro. And then locally, well, I guess ACC regionally, Louisville transfer L. Ellis. He's going to Fayetteville to join Eric Musselman. The job that guy has done in the portal, Arkansas is going to enter next year as a bona fide Final Four contender. So uh, some college basketball transfer portal news for you. That it, it, it is going to heat up this week as we get closer and closer to that deadline. Man. I mean, that is great, though, him getting L. Ellis. I'm a little bit surprised. I thought maybe L might come back and maybe join some talent that they could bring in to try to better Louisville, but hey, this is the transfer portal era. Real quickly, thoughts on North Carolina right now in the transfer portal. How much are you panicking or are you cool right now and you're okay? Uh, they're they're doing what's, what I expected to happen. You come off a 20 and 13 year when you're preseason number one and you miss the tournament, it's hard to sell your vision to players and that's what's happening right now. I hope it doesn't happen back to back years, but it's not off to a great start. Well, I hope it continues to happen. So these kids out here making smart choices right now, but when we come back on the Weston Walker Show. We're going to close this thing down on this day in sports history. This is the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us. You can share your thoughts. Get them in right at the photo. Of, or excuse me. Have a photo finish here with some of your text messages on the Garage Door Guru text line. 704-570-9610. Still talking about some of the Panthers draft picks. Colin Hoggard 
Hoggard the historian came in talking about Steve Smith and his postseason performances with Carolina, where Steve Smith had 11 touchdown receptions in 11 games. That guy was amazing. Julius Peppers only had six and a half, but I know you were talking about the nuance there, Wes, as far as Julius Peppers. um, I know you said Lawrence Taylor only had eight and a half in his career as far as the postseason sacks go when we were trying to decipher who was the best Panthers pick in franchise history. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that Peppers is a first ballot Hall of Famer. To me, that trumps everything. He had 97 career sacks here, and I was saying that in a playoff game, you know, it's easier to, even though Smitty was really, you know, it depended on the year, but you can scheme a wide receiver open. They're going to be productive, and Smitty was the man. So he made plays. That Chicago game was out of control. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I was just saying that when you got a guy like Peppers that you know uh, teams are going to dedicate and, and maybe just disregarding the consequences. They're like, this guy can wreck our game. If we don't block him, quarterback, make sure you get the ball out of your hands quickly. We're going to dedicate two guys to blocking him on most plays or give him a chip with the running back. So I think it's a little bit easier to get a defensive player who's uh, uber dominant out of a game than it is uh, an offensive player. Well, and, and if we're talking just overall playoff experience in general, I mean, Steve Smith, the guy was absolutely insane in the postseason. Where do we think about or what do we think about Cam? Because we can go to the run until the Super Bowl where that defense, one of the best defenses we've seen in a very long time, absolutely wrecked him and absolutely wrecked the Panthers offense. That was so awesome all year long, but also going up to it, he was very good against Seattle. He was tremendous against Arizona. And then we can even go to what some people, (laughs) I mean, I've heard people say that that 2017 playoff game against the saints, despite their loss might've been the best performance we've seen from him in the postseason because he was throwing to guys like Kalen clay who can't hold on to just a dart on, you know, going out of bounds in the end zone, but Clay drops it. And Kalen Clay, by the way, let's not lose sight that I'm mentioning his name as a receiver. Cam Newton, like in the postseason, even earlier on in his career, got a win against the Cardinals as well. So Cam Newton, pretty pretty good in the postseason also. But there was that Super Bowl year where he got destroyed by what was a fantastic Denver Broncos defense. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, you want to talk about postseason as well. I mean... Panther fans, how you feel about uh, not jumping on the fumble? I did not know what you were saying there, but not jumping on the fumble yeah. is there as well. Yes, <laughs> Easy, is, Tiger. That is included. But no, I mean, in all honesty, like I said, I, I just think that the guys that I chose at the top are, you know, bona fide Hall of Famers. I think Smitty will get in there eventually. And I, like I said, I just don't think Cam will. I think and Smitty should, though. He should, should. That's why I said I think he's going to yeah, get in eventually. We know the weight that receivers have to have uh, for the most part, so I think that he gets in eventually. Yeah, I, I I hope so, man. The wide receiver thing, where it's just why these guys matter so much. I I don't know There's why. So many of them know. Yeah, I know, but they're all yeah, and it's not like I'm letting everybody in because the wide receivers put up ridiculous numbers. If that's the standard of excellence, it's the standard of excellence. Let them in especially with Steve Smith and what he was able to do as well. All right. There's your uh, Carolina Panther draft pick best of all time um, list that we had top 10. So let's go to what happened on this day in sports history with one Josh Fitty Marlow, which you got fitting. All right, guys today on this day in 1892, the first Sunday NL baseball game took place. The Reds (laughs) beat the Cardinals five to one. On this day in 1947, the Brooklyn Dodgers win 12-6 over the Boston Braves at Ebbets Field. As Jackie Robinson gets his first major league hit, it was actually a bunt single off of Glenn Elliott. He would bunt 42 times that year that led to 15 hits. 
Of course, Major League Baseball awesome celebrated stat. Jackie Robinson Day uh, over the weekend on Saturday. And then on this day in 2010, Ubaldo Jimenez pitched the first no-hitter. In Colorado Rockies history, he disposed of the Atlanta Braves 4-0 at Turner Field to improve to 3-0 on the year and lower his ERA to 1.29. His ERA that year did at one point get below under 1. Yeah, he had an insane year. By the way, pitching for Colorado, which is a launching pad in baseball, which is something else that's crazy, and also that Ubaldo just wasn't very good. Right? Like, this was the one year that he was absolutely insane. And if I don't, look, I don't have the stats at the top of my head, but if we get our research team on it, Ubaldo Jimenez also just didn't have a crazy career. The no-hitter that he had, that was amongst a great season. But it reminds me of, like, Philip Humber, the White Sox pitcher yeah. who threw for a perfect game, who also has, like, the most lackluster stats of all time for anybody that's kind of achieved something that great. That's what's crazy. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Jimenez's stats, you look at his ERA in other seasons, it's not anything close to what he was able to go with in 2010. It was only a one-time All-Star. So that was my Ubaldo Jimenez rant. Do you have anything on the Carolina Hurricanes? They play in the postseason here, Wes. Are you excited about it? Yes, sir. We'll be watching at 7 o'clock, taking on Fiddy's Islanders getting that march towards the Stanley Cup going. So I'm excited for that, man. Kings, Warriors tonight. So it's going to be a lot of good sports on. Um, What are you most excited about? One of the greatest fights that we've had in a decade plus, according to Wes Bryant. Yes. Or the Carolina Hurricanes reaching the postseason again. Oh, man. You're going to hit me with that. It's going to be the Canes all day in that aspect. Oh, oh, yes. That's what I wanted to know. You were excited. You were gassing up both events a ton. No doubt. I just wanted to see which one was number one. (laughs) What about you, Fiddy? How excited are you for the NHL playoffs that you're suddenly a fan of and now suddenly refer to teams as me and we (laughs) and my and us? You're using this as if you were talking talking in first person except for uh the other times where you'd you know would clown him and insult all of the uh, other hockey team yeah no fitty is really excited for this playoff series he is going into this with an open mind fitty wants to be recruited by the nhl and become an avid watcher of what people do say is the greatest playoffs in sports so to this time of the year like you know we got the nfl draft 10 weeks away nba playoffs off to a great start nhl playoffs get underway tonight You've got Major League Baseball. This is an underrated time of the year, I think, in the sports calendar. No, I would agree with that 100%. There's no doubt about it. And I will ask you, if you were to be recruited by one sport in particular, I'll ask you a hard question like I did with Wes. Would you rather have the NBA recruit you to be a fan again or the NHL, which this is very different? Like, this is one where you've turned yourself in a 180-degree spin trying to flip your decision on the NHL. I think I have to go with the NHL because I love basketball. It's my favorite sport like you. And I used to love the NBA, so I would go with the NHL. Okay. We'll see just how much you stick with it. I'm oh, very I'll interested. I'm locked in tonight, baby. We got Walt Ruff. I'll take go down 0-2. Okay. Nah. <laughs> and we, 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 we got Walt Ruff, who, who, who writes about the Canes. He's joining the show tomorrow. So the Weston Walker show from top to bottom is all in on this NHL postseason. All right. You heard it from him. You can check us out tomorrow and hear more hockey talk on Weston Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig coming up next.